Welcome, everyone, to this end-of-the-year Superhero FX Holiday Bonanza. Um, today, we are going to be doing a end-of-the-year wrap-up show in which Jacob and I talk about uh, things that, um, you know, like, like you get on a lot of these shows, we're basically going to be doing a bunch of different top, top five lists. Some of our favorite things from the last year, <clears throat> some of the things we thought uh, could have gotten better in the last year, both in terms of the content we saw and in our own podcast, um, and what are the five things we're most excited about going forward into next year. So... I'm really excited to jump into this, and I'm hoping this will be a great end-of-the-year thing. I will warn you now, given editing schedule, you may be listening to this in the end of 2017. You may be listening to this early in 2018. But since years and dates are all artificial constructs anyway, somewhere in space it will still be 2017 when you are listening to this, so everything's okay. Jacob, how you doing as we come to the end of the year? Well, uh, I am... I, I have a bit of a head cold, but other than that, I'm fine. Uh... I think that other parts of the galaxy maybe don't conceptualize 2017 as a thing. So I think it is possible that 2017 will cease to exist when oh. the year rolls over. I would say that's kind of a sad thought, but 2017 hasn't been the greatest year in some ways. So so maybe that that's not too bad. But either way, let's, let's jump right into some of this kind of stuff. I want to start with um, our favorite characters. Who are our favorite characters of 2017? And the way we're going to do this... Um, uh, is each one of us is going to go over is going to list our top five, just saying a couple quick sentences about each, and, and after each one we'll, we'll have a moment or two to discuss it before moving on to the next one, um, and then the other person will give their list. I imagine in some ways we're going to have a lot of overlap. Hopefully, there will be some ways in which we um, go apart. Jacob and I are not actually cloned from the same person, um, so our brains will hopefully diverge a little bit. Um, but I'm really excited to hear where we agree and here we disagree. So. Let me start with um, characters. Who are your five favorite characters in 2017? So the first one that I wanted to talk about is actually uh, the character of Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy oh, Volume interesting. 2. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I, and I like this character predominantly because at first we were presented to him presented him as a, a sort of nurturing father figure who's like who abandoned his child, feels a little bad about it, but is like is making steps to, to repair that relationship with his son and is very excited and proud of his son. And then we get that heel turn. Yeah. Uh, so what I like about it is uh as some people may have been able to derive from our conversations, uh problematic father figure characters are something that I, I understand. <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's not that I'm saying that my that my own father is is you know I'm not demonizing my dad, but I do understand when characters have issues with their fathers uh, at times. And so what the character of Ego did was sort of create a, a supernatural form of that uh, for our for our main protagonist to deal with. And I just I loved the way in which he uh, his principal motivation is actually his his own procreation. Yeah. And that it's sort of presented as um, other species do this. Why can't I? And it's just sort of this a very alien idea wrapped up in this very human character. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I, I didn't love that movie as much as I had wanted to. I, I think in part because I didn't, I, I, I'm really interested to hear you say that because I, I was frustrated by that character. I wanted more out of it, but I think you're right. There's some really interesting things that are touched on. Um, uh, and I'm glad you got a lot more out of it than I did, because I think the dynamic between those two characters is such a fascinating one. All right, so are we going to do, like, all of my five, or are we going to bounce back and forth? Uh, let's do your five and then my five. All right. Uh, second one, I'm not even sure you're familiar with this character, uh, but it is from... She's from 
the show on the CW, The Hundred, mm-hmm. uh, and it's the character of Clark. Okay. Um, so, I don't know, we don't have a ton of time, but uh, just very briefly, Clark is, in a lot of ways, the main character of the show. She's a she's a young adult woman um, who starts the show as sort of a, as, as a teenage woman who's thrust into having a to have a leadership role in this post-apocalyptic future, and. Uh, what I love about it is that the character struggles with many, many moral problems that exist mm. in this in this world and with with her society. And so she she constantly has to be the person uh, that that makes the hard choice that she knows people aren't going to be okay with, but a choice has to be made. Backs up against the wall, guns to her head, uh, sometimes literally and sometimes figuratively. And she makes the call, and every time she makes the call, she's tortured or, or, or haunted by it, but she stands by it, and she she explains her reasoning, and she's willing to take grief from her peers about some of the things that she's done. I just She's a very complex character. Yeah, The Hundred, I, I have not seen it, but it's one, um, I mean, we have such an embarrassment of riches right now. There's I used to be able to keep up with all of the Marvel and CW shows, and now I, I've just had to give up on most of the, um, the, 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 um, the DC shows, I mean, on the CW. Um, I've had to give up on most of those, but The 100 is definitely on my list of something I want to see uh, at some point. And that, that, that sounds like a really interesting character, not one we see very often. I, th- I think it'll take some getting into the first couple of episodes, start very much uh, teenagers on the CW style of show, okay. before they really get into the richness of the world. So it, it's one that's a bit of a hard sell at first, but, but there's a lot there nice. if you keep and with I- it. And I will use that actually. That I couldn't find a way to squeeze this into any of my lists. But the show that I am loving right now, that just got started, is the run- Marvel's The Runaways, um, on Hulu, mm. which also is very CW. But I, I got to admit, I kind of like the CW, like high school college romance stuff sometimes, if done well. Um, and right. Runaways is doing it great. I'm also going to make an executive decision and say, I actually think it will go better if we go back and forth one, you know, one by one. Um, yes. So let me give you two of mine on the top five, and then we'll go back and keep going one by one. Um, I like that. I like the, that. The first one I'm going to say um, is Frank Castle and the Punisher. And I know we're going to do a whole podcast on him um, sometime soon because the show, I mean, I think we both said it was really disturbing. It was really challenging, but but I, I, I really, I thought it was really well done. And to me, the character of Frank Castle is such a good one, especially because he is generally not one of my favorite characters. I generally find his portrayals to be very uber-masculine, uber-violent. And ever since he appeared in Daredevil, he has been instead almost more of like an anti-hero who really exists to pose questions for our other – like he did such a good job of posing questions for Daredevil. And in his own show, the way it sort of flipped so many of the narratives that he is normally about in terms of toxic masculinity and the effects of violence and PTSD, Frank Castle is a character that I'm going to be thinking about and wrestling with for a long time. I can I w- I am not at all surprised to find he's on your top five list uh, yeah. for all the reasons you just said. <laughs> um, and the second one is on my list, and I, I because I'm going to be able to find something good in Iron Fist. Um, is the character of Colleen Wing? Um, oh, yeah. Co- Colleen is the the character who he get who Danny gets involved with. Um, who who had been part of the Hand, and until she realizes that the Hand is much more evil than she thought they were to be, and. I think one of the most interesting kind of stories is the story of what happens when a person realizes the thing that they have like that they have placed their ideals and their faith in is actually a lie, um, and what happens to your identity when 
such a large part of it is taken away and now you have to rebuild and figure out what do you believe in when everything you thought you believed in was wrong. Um, it, it got lost in a lot of Danny's story, but they did some really interesting things exploring that in both Iron Fist and in Defenders um, that really made me want to know a lot more about the character of Colleen Wing and really look forward, hoping we're going to see more of her in future uh uh, Netflix shows. Yeah, I agree. We saw some of her in, in Defenders, and one of the things I appreciated was that they gave her more of a role in Defenders than than some of the other uh, side characters, supporting characters had, uh, yeah. because she was more directly tied to the the antagonists, and I liked that. Yep. So who's number three on your list? Uh, to the shock of absolutely nobody who listened to the Robots Are People Two episode, uh, I have Ada from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, Just a story that, and it's one that, uh, I'll get into this a bit later, that one that I hope gets explored further, but uh, it's, I couldn't help but feel for for her character as somebody who was an artificial intelligence, uh, clearly self-aware, and being treated, before she did anything wrong, before she did anything that was actually a problem, being treated as though, by at least some people, as though she's going to be the cause of our downfall. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, or, or is going to be a villain, is going to be another Ultron. Just, so she's the subject of prejudice, and at the same time is just actually a person trying to, trying to be accepted, looking for that acceptance. Just such a powerful story for me. And one that I hope gets uh, better treatment in the coming year. I, I hope so too, and I, I I think you're right. That's such an interesting dynamic, and um um it reminds me of uh, a movie that I I thought was a terrible movie, but raised some really interesting questions. And I did a podcast on a long time ago, which was Suicide Squad, because there's a line where Killer Croc says, "You treated me like a mon-. no." Uh, Amanda Waller says about him, "You treated me like a monster, so I became a monster." Mm-hmm. And I think that that same thing can be applied to Ada, and it's a really interesting lesson. Um, my third is actually also from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's Jenis, Gemma Simmons. Um, oh, I love Simmons. I think she's such a good character. I think her dynamics with Fitz have been so good. But at the end of last season, and also into this newest season, which I'm not going to spoil very much because I, some of you may not have seen much of the new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, but they're doing such an interesting thing with her character as, you know, the Marvel world in general has always tried to be fairly strong on the idea of most of what we think of as mysticism is actually science. But especially on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they've been pushing that a little bit and starting to go into, are there actually some areas that aren't that, that there might be a scientific explanation for, but, but that the line between science and mysticism is blurry. And you have some characters who are really embracing that, and I like that Gemma is the one who is most staunchly holding the line against that. She cannot accept a lot of these things. She is very dedicated to the science, and she's also very dedicated. I mean, she she's probably the one who has the most trouble with the Inhumans and with Daisy being an Inhuman in some really interesting ways. Um, I, I I've always found her character to be incredibly charming, incredibly attractive, incredibly um, uh, fun to watch on screen. And, and and in the first couple seasons, I thought she was kind of a, a great comic uh, addition to the show. I feel like recently, and especially this last year, she's really come into her own as being this incredibly rich character who offers a perspective that we really need in the sort of tension of the of the show's conversations. And was not always presented as a as a completely flawless character from a moral perspective. You may recall a plot arc at one point in the show's history where Gemma was a little bit racist. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And against against inhumans, but still right. very much prejudice and Oh yeah, I mean yeah. that 
what I was saying there about her um, her problems with humans and with mystical stuff, that's not always presented as, as a good thing. And I, and yeah. I, and I like that about her. Um, so what's your number four? Uh, my number four comes from the show Once Upon a Time, uh, which okay. is a I, – I would say it's a guilty pleasure, but I actually don't feel guilty about it at all. And it's the character of Mr. Gold slash more recently Detective Weaver slash his original name, Rumpelstiltskin. Um, okay. So what I love about this character is that he is – one of the most complex characters on the show. Um, he comes from a place where he's he's clearly very self-motivated, but not – and a lot of the things that he does seem as though they are just like straight-up evil, right, or just straight-up selfish. And the more you learn about the character, the more you learn that there's just – there's such a complexity. That he's so wrapped up in, in what he has uh, around him and in what he wants. Uh, that he sometimes loses sight of what the right thing is to do, and he feels he is a lost cause. Uh, but he still struggles with this idea that, well, if I'm a lost cause, then I'm never going to be worthy of of my family and worthy of Belle, uh, the, the person that I love. And just seeing him slowly transform and in, in sometimes regress back to being more of a more of a villainous character, more of a selfish character, and then like fight against himself, that internal conflict. It's just Interesting. It's always a privilege and he's played so well. Nice. That that's another show I haven't seen but I but I am curious about, but that it, it does sound like an interesting character. Um my fourth is one that I know you haven't seen and I'm gonna be brief on because a lot of people haven't seen it. Um but my fourth uh, favorite character was Luke Skywalker. All right, um, turning my audio off now. <laughs> uh, no, 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 I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil anything, I promise. Um, but I'll just say, in the original movies, Luke was never my most interesting character. I always thought he was a little bit boring, a little bit cliched. He is, his character development in this is so good and so interesting. And I will say, and I'm, I'm, if you want to bring on the hate for this, send me all the messages. I think Mark Hamill's portrayal of the Joker is absolutely fantastic, and I've even come to believe it's even be- better than Heath Ledger's. I think it's the best Joker we've ever had. I think Mark Hamill's laugh alone should win him awards because it is so good as the Joker. I think his portrayal as Luke Skywalker in this is the best acting he's ever done, um, even better than the Joker. So I'm saying nothing more about what he actually does, but Luke Skywalker is absolutely one of my top five characters of this year. Wow. All right. Well, I'm excited if people listening haven't figured it out. I have not yet, at the time we are recording this, seen The Last Jedi. So I will not be talking about it yet. But we will be talking <laughs> about it once I've seen it. Yep. No spoilers. So what's what's your number five? Uh, so this one might be coming a little bit out of left field. But from the Netflix series, Series of Unfortunate Events, Violet Baudelaire. Uh, I was not. I was only ancillarily familiar with the series of unfortunate events uh, stories prior to this show coming out, and when I watched the show, the thing that struck me the most was that the the protagonists solve all of their problems with ingenuity uh, and intelligence and deductive reasoning, and Violet in particular is just she's brilliant. She's an inventor, and she's very rational in her approach to situations that are increasingly more traumatic and problematic for her, her brother, and her and her baby sister. So, very good heroic character for me. Something else I haven't seen, but but sounds good. Um, I'm interested that we didn't have anyone overlap on our five lists, although my <laughs> last one I think is one you've seen, um, uh, and I, I talked about it a lot on a podcast before, so I'll be very brief, but it's the character of Laura, or X-23, um, from the movie Logan, Wolverine's daughter. Um, I just thought her... I, Logan is, I, I think, p- 
po- quite possibly of this genre my favorite movie of this last year. Um, and I just thought the way it got into portrayals, the way her character was portrayed as this both vision of hope, but also being so wrapped up in the, the brutality of the world of violence that Logan Wolverine is part of. Um, her character was just heartbreaking and so powerful to me. Yeah, and uh, I haven't seen Logan, but I heard the the, the oh, cast okay. you did on Logan. Uh, yeah. I, I listened, obviously, to, to every episode of the podcast right. prior to coming <laughs> on. Uh, I, I'm not being facetious. I did, in fact, do that. Um, and it made me want to see the movie. Yeah, and it's a particularly that movie. Particularly that character made me want to see that movie. So. Well, and I'll use that to actually segue into the next one we're going to talk about is what were our five favorite ethical questions from this year, um, particularly ones we talked about in the podcast and that came up in media we saw. Um, and, and my number one was was that same thing. It was the, the effect of violence on us. Um, I've always been I'm, – I'm someone who's very interested in the question of violence, and I'm very frustrated by portrayals of violence that make it seem like doing harm to people, even if they're evil, has no moral consequences – and I have really loved how movies like Logan and shows like The Punisher have really explored what is the damage that happens to us when we do violence to other human beings, even when it's for good reasons. Yeah, I really enjoyed that that particular question. I wish I could have been involved on it because I have thoughts, but uh, I wasn't part of the cast yet. Uh, I'm this... sure we're going to talk about it when we go back to Punisher. Yeah. But so, yeah, yeah this, what's, what's this, your first question? This Well, this top five list is harder for me because uh, I was only involved in so many this year. Um but uh, sort of number one for me was the episode on real-life heroes, the question of, yeah. of what makes somebody a hero, and are we okay with, with heroes in our real life that, that have some flaws, and, you know, which ones do we do, do we not want to excuse uh, but still celebrate what they've done that's good, and which ones actually, like, is there one that undermines that heroic templating that we, the, we ascribe to them? Yeah. And that's um, – that. so now we finally have a ding-ding-ding, one we both have on our lists. That was that was one of mine on my list as well because um, I, I think that's a topic we're going to keep coming back to again and again. Um, it's, it's referenced in some other stuff that we're going to be seeing. Um, and I think just this question of how we build legends and how we build mythology that we talked about just on the Orville recently um, is such a good one to explore. Um, so another one of my favorites is one from our, our very recent episode, which is this question of um, – uh, the episode we did on Thor Ragnarok, the, the, the idea of where do we find meaning and, and how does that differ from escapism? Um, we just barely touched the surface of that question in terms of like what is the value of fluff and, and where do we still find meaning in, in things that are lighthearted? And also what's the value in escapism? Because I think for me as someone who is not just interested in these topics but lives these topics like you do. I know we both are you know very activist-type people. Burnout is such a such a danger, and I know I feel guilty sometimes when I watch. You referred to Once Upon a Time as a guilty pleasure, almost, but not really. Um, I think that's an issue. I hope we're going to keep coming back to because, as fans, I think it's really easy to sort of get lost either in too much one way or the other, escapism or or deep meaning. Um, and I hope that's an issue we'll keep talking about. Right, and and that was one that I was uh, delighted to record on when. I thought we weren't going to have enough material for 40 minutes. And then, yeah, of course, exactly. us being us, we talked for way too long. Uh, so second on my list, um, but uh, probably first in my heart, uh, the, of course, our artificial intelligence is people. Yep. How do we deal with what is a person? How do we identify a person? How do we how do we define personhood in, in entities that are not like us? Um, 
a question I feel we could possibly never fully explore in our lifetimes, but obviously one that has uh, deep personal meaning for me because I feel very strongly about it. Yeah, and I, I, I'm with you, and I, I will say that we're going to mention it uh, briefly that this uh, uh, later for another question. That that's an issue I even wish we'd been able to explore more in terms of the movie Blade Runner, um, because I think that that it opens up so many questions about not just what is the nature of robotic life, but but, but in that kind of great Star Trekky way, what is life itself? You know, because I think so often we define things like life by what it isn't, and I think artificial intelligence is really making us start to question. What is the nature of life, and what, how do we define it, and how do we not? Um, another one that's on my list is the question of how do we fight fascism? Um, we, we did, we've done two episodes on this this, this last year, one that, that Paul and I did and one that you and I did, uh, on the questions of, like, how do our heroes fight Nazism and how to fight fascism, and what can we learn about that in our own world? Um, I don't think those problems are going away in the real world, and I think that's an issue that we're going to keep seeing. Um, and I'm, I'm really curious. To, I hope we keep exploring that because I think – there's a lot we can learn, both positive and negative, about how our heroes fight these fights and how we can fight them ourselves. Yeah. Like five seconds before we started recording this, I had that on my list as one of my five. Yeah. And I took <laughs> it away because I decided I wanted one one more on my list that wasn't one that I I was on a recording for. Cool. Uh, so, but you know, I absolutely agree. It was, a, it was a great question and one that I feel we are going to continue to exploring, particularly with the the problems in our current modern day society. Yep. Um, next up for me, uh, this is one that I was not involved in the discussion on, but I love the question. This idea that our here, this question of are heroes on higher ethical ground if they insist on fighting fair? The concept mm. of a fair fight. I loved that episode that that you and Paul. Good. Um, it was for me just a really good question and one that I like. You guys didn't fully explore it because, again, I think I feel it's it's very complex. But you did a very good job of of talking at it from from multiple different angles, and it's one that's an interesting idea because there is this idea about you know a fair fight makes you uh makes you ethically superior, but does it? And is yeah. it like and and do the ends justify the means? Kind of idea is just yeah one one that I'm excited to explore more. Well, good, and that's that's one I hope we revisit because um, it, it was one that's very dear to my heart. Um, the other one that's on my list, because I said we, we've overlapped a little bit, um, but is the idea of the hero's journey. Uh, and I talked about this on a wonderful podcast where Becky Allen uh, was our um, uh, guest. And we talked about the super, the Star Wars story. Um, <clears throat> and and I, I'm just really interested in this question of do we tell stories about one individual person um, who comes in and saves everything, or do we tell it more about um, gr- group efforts? Um, and uh, we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet because you haven't seen it, but I, I put up an article on the website um, about my, my, my concerns with the mo- or why I didn't love the movie Justice League. Uh, and, and one of the big reasons is because I thought it wound up being more about Superman saving the day instead of the team saving the day. Um, and and, and that's, that's an issue that I'm really glad we talked about on that podcast because I, I think it's, it, it, it cuts across so much of the media that, that we talk about on this show. Yeah, and it, and it was a uh, again that that is not a point of overlap. So I have two more on this, yep. but uh, it is uh, an issue worth exploring. And I, and I at some point we'll probably see Justice League to to be able to talk about it. Um, I still haven't <laughs> seen Wonder Woman. That's where I'm at in terms of like I'm committing. I feel like I'm committing a cardinal sin at this point in not having seen Wonder Woman. Um, so I, you know, yeah. I got a lot of Wonder guilt. Woman's fantastic. Uh, so, you got to see it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so so next up for me. 
Uh, the question of policing and controlling superpowers, uh, telepaths yeah. specifically for the episode that I was on, but also talking about, uh, you guys did an episode talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. and was Lex Luthor right in, you know, this, this whole idea of metahumans are actually a severe risk to our society and they need to be very strongly controlled. Is Tony Stark right? Uh, that, you know, we, we need to be heavily regulated. We need to be put in check. Um, or is there something to be said for, uh, in order for heroes to be effective, they need a level of autonomy because if they're answerable to a government, uh, now that government's agenda is going to be what is pushed rather than what is quote, right, unquote. You know, it's funny. I didn't think of that question because that, that question and the discussion about civil war was what started this whole podcast and blog, but, but so I'm so glad you listed it. Uh, and so what's your number five? Uh, number five, uh, it's it's very on a very similar vein, but is is Magneto right? I uh, love oh, yeah. that love that episode, love that question. The idea that, you know, here's just someone who's definitely presented to us as an, as an antagonist, not but but a hero of his own story, right? And uh, I love the fact that and one of the reasons I want to watch Logan is that the idea that Actually, yes. Uh, it turns out Magneto kind of was right. Maybe he was part of, maybe he fulfilled his own prophecy. But in a lot of ways, what he was driving at for the future of mutants um, did need that kind of action and did uh, rely on the idea that you can't solve the inherent mistrust between humans and mutants. But that's really upsetting as an idea. And, and I think, yeah, that that's... I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that was another one of my favorite episodes and one that I I've not been thrilled with a lot of the X-Men movies but uh, more recently although some have been very good but I know there is another X-Men movie coming out and I really hope we dig more into some of those questions um, so and that's a good segue also for the next one we're going to talk about is uh, what are the five things we're most excited to see explored in 2018 um, so start us off, Jacob. What what are you most excited to see? All right. So I actually have this kind of split into to two different things. I've got some things that are uh, media that I know is coming out in 2018 that I'm that I'm excited to see, uh, and hope to see to, to see explored. And then also things for the podcast. So the first thing yeah. is Jessica Jones season two. Uh, yeah. What I'm most excited about in Jessica Jones season two is I want to see does she start coping better with her trauma? Does she start coping in more healthy ways? Or is this something that is just going to continue to drive her down? Is is this something that is going to to be a demon she struggles with for for multiple multiple episodes, well past the the death of Kilgrave? Yeah, I and I I actually list that on a different question, but I think you're right. That is going to be such an important one. Where I I feel like Jessica Jones took her, that character to such a good place, and one of my frustrations in the Defenders is I felt like they didn't really take her any further. Um, and I'm I'm really excited to see where we're going to get her go, uh, get to see her go in, it, when we get back to her having her own show. Um, I think one of the things I'm most excited about in, in 2018 is getting to see Wakanda. Um, oh I'm yeah, so excited. Black Panther is in 2018. Yeah, Sorry, and it's I got soon. really excited when you said that. It's soon. I think it's like February or March. And I am so. I mean, I think there's just so much that can be so amazing about this movie. But there's just a degree to which, like. The, the Wakanda, and I, I've heard a number of uh, black authors and pad, podcasters talk about this in ways that have really moved me. That that Wakanda is just—it is such a powerful idea of a black nation, an African nation that has been utterly free of colonialism, um, and just imagining what—and—and—and and, and it's horrifying in some ways to think that in order to to imagine what that you have to be completely fictional to imagine what that would look like. But I think that's going to be so powerful for us to see. 
And I'm sure we're going to get a huge backlash, and I'm kind of enjoying that because I kind of like listening to the, you know, the idiots yell about the, oh, we don't have any white heroes anymore. Um, and I'm going to be a little amused by that because I think this is going to be such a great movie, and I'm just really excited to see what the world of Wakanda is going to be like. Yeah, I, I am too. I'm so glad you brought that up because I actually forgot. Uh, I wasn't going to forget when I saw the first trailer for it again, but uh, yeah, uh, that is very exciting for me. Uh, so next up on my list, uh, talking about Star Wars, next year Solo is coming out. Um, so this is where we get Han Solo's backstory. And I'm very excited about that because it's it's something that I, I feel is going to give us a lot of things to talk about. Because I feel like in order to give us the character we saw in A New Hope, mm-hmm. there has to be some troubling stuff in his past and some like probably morally problematic stuff in his past and i want to see the the events that formed that character so badly here where we differ um this is the first of the star wars movies i am really not excited about interesting i I like rogue one to me is the perfect kind of prequel because it fills in a part of the story without telling us more stuff about a character to me the with movies like Haunt, like Solo, so often it's because you know the movie has to get to a certain point. I just wind up watching the movie thinking this doesn't feel right or this doesn't feel accurate or actually this changes things in ways I don't like. I almost just never like those movies. I hope you're right because I think there's a real possibility for it to be really good. I'll admit I'm going in with a lot of trepidation. Um, but let's Fair. see what happens. Fair. Um, I'm super excited for Infinity War. Um, oh, yeah, of course. They have built it up so much. And, and of course, there's a possibility it's going to flop and it's just going to be too over overbuilt up. But and, and here again, there's a there's there's one part of it where I'm excited because I think it's going to raise some great questions for us for the podcast, especially because you have a number of different heroes who all have different ways of operating. I mean, already the Avengers are starting to come apart, um, have come apart in some ways. And now you throw like imagine, you know, Steve Rogers trying to get along with the Guardians of the Galaxy, like <laughs> talk about completely, you know. Uh, um, you know, Rocky and Steve have very different ideas of what's okay. Um, and I think there's going to be some great questions, as well as I just think that's going to be a really fun movie. I'm really excited for Infinity War. Yeah, I, I am excited for Infinity War as well. I have it on a, on a different list, uh, but uh, that is interesting that we're overlapping now between lists. Yep. Um, what's what's so your next one? Next one up for me is actually the the next season of or the, this current season of Agents of Shield, the continuation of it. There's this whole inhuman auctioning plotline in the current season that mm-hmm. I'm just hyper fascinated in, like where they're going with this and what what this is what this is doing. Like they they fast forward to the future, they've jumped into the future, um, and then also based on the the most recent episode, um, because I know Fitz is going to be in the mix again. Uh, I am very fascinated in the continuation of the will-they-won't-they-get-together uh, on a more permanent basis of uh, Leopold Fitz and Gemma Simmons. Uh, I shipped them pretty hard, actually. <laughs> uh, and it's been torturous to to see the writers pull out all the tricks for, like, driving a spike through their possible relationship. And yeah. I, just, I want them... I, I want to actually have a, a happy resolution. But I'm also fine that, with a continuation that, that of That one drama. was definitely on my list as well. Um... Uh, especially because, you know, at the end of – in the framework, which we saw in the last season, Fitz is probably the person who goes the deepest into it and winds up acting the most against his character in ways that are clearly horrifying to everyone else. And I think – I'm hoping that the payoff to that is going to come in this season and is really going to be good. 
Another thing I'm really excited for in 2018, and I, I don't know exactly which show we're going to get it in, but I've been told we're probably going to get this in the Luke Cage, which is coming out. Um, I really want to see Misty Knight become oh, the full yeah. superhero she can be. I want to see the bionic arm. I wish Tony Stark was building it instead of Danny Rand, but even so, um, there was a great Danny Rand's just paying at, for it. He doesn't know tech. Exactly. There, there was a great panel I saw at the WISCON, my, my, this amazing uh, sci-fi, feminist sci-fi conference here in Madison every Memorial Day, um, that was on specifically the women of Luke Cage. And it talked a lot about Misty Knight and what a powerful character she is. Um, and I'm really excited to see where they go with her. I think she's been a great part of the show already, but especially as now, you know, she's been one of the ones who at first was like the cop who thought Luke was doing the right thing, but, but still it was outside the law, so she had to stop him. And she's been the, there's been the slow evolution of her across a number of shows, moving away from being a cop, moving to more embracing vigilante issues, and so to watch her now complete that journey and become a full-on superhero herself, working probably outside the law, I, I'm really excited for that story. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, although it didn't make my list because I it, it didn't occur to me honestly. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't realize we're getting Misty Knight as a as a character. Uh, independently, I thought I, I hoped we would be, and that we'd have maybe like a buddy cop thing between. Um, oh my goodness, why is my brain no longer working for names? Uh, we, we were just talking about her. She was in Iron Fist. Uh, oh, Colleen Wing. Yes, yes, yes. Between Misty yeah. Knight and Colleen Wing. Thank you. Uh, because I feel like that there's a lot of material to be mined in that show, and they already yeah, worked together. Yeah, I mean that's Daughters a of bit. the Dragon. That's yep. the Daughters of the Dragon comic series with yep. those two. Yep, yep, yep. So what's uh, your next one? So my next one actually has to do with uh, we're expanding our horizons in the coming year for the the types of media we're covering. Uh, there are some books that we're going to be talking about. There's a series I just started, and I'm already very excited to, to start digging into talking about the books in the series, the Stormlight Archive series by Brandon Sanderson. I'm, I'm currently reading Way of Kings. I'm very excited to delve into this other form of media to to mine for these kinds of, of questions and, and things to talk about. Nice. I, I will admit I'm not I'm not loving those books as much as you and Rob are, so it may well be that that's one or more of those podcasts where I mostly leave it to, to you. Uh, Rob is a, a, a good friend of ours who introduced us to these books and will be a guest when we talk about them. Um, but, but definitely I, I'm curious to hear what you guys get out of those books. Um, and, and my last one, um, it's one that I'm going to have to be careful of because um, – uh, so my, I'll just say my, 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 the last thing that I'm excited about, um, but with some mixed feelings, um, is the next of the um, Harry Potter world, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movies. Um, I'm, I'm troubled about it because of the, the revelations about Johnny Depp, and I'm, I'm probably going to see if I can find a way to watch the movie without giving it any money. Um, but I'm, I, I loved the way they brought up the world, the way they expanded the world in the, the first Fantastic Beasts movie. Especially the way they, they, it, it wasn't a Gryffindor hero, the way it was an obvious Hufflepuff hero and how much he challenged ideas of masculinity. Um, I'm really hoping we get to see a Slytherin hero in this next one because you and I are both under Slytherins who know we just don't get enough love. Um, so I, that's my secret hope for the new Harry Potter movie. But, but even if we don't get that, I'm just really excited to see something else in the Harry Potter world. Um, again, I really wish we didn't have Johnny Depp in it and I hope that that finally gets fixed going forward. Um, but but I, I am excited to see where they take it, how they expand the world. I'm also I'm similarly excited for that movie, uh, largely because Newt Scamander is one of the um, 
one of my favorite protagonists uh, in recent history, just because he's so different from any other protagonist. He's so he's gentle and kind, and doesn't he's not an action hero. He, he's not he, an alpha male. Yeah, he fights with his compassion, uh, and it's oh, I love it, love it. Yep, hits me right here. Last thing that I'm excited about, and this is a as much a thing I'm excited about for 2018 as it is a a commitment from myself to the listeners. Uh, I am going to start uh, diving into the world of graphic novels and comics. It's something that I've wanted to explore for a while, and I feel like it cool. help inform some of our discussions on these media that are that are being shown to us. Uh, on television and and in movies, as well as possibly be sources of conversations all on their own. So I'm excited to to hopefully bring some of that to the podcast in the coming year. Yep. Um, so let's jump into the next question. What what are what are some of your what are your uh, five concerns? What five concerns for 2018? What are things that you're you're nervous about or worried about? I'm going to start with the big one. Uh, we've already touched on it a little bit, but it's Ready Player One. That is number one on my list, too. Uh, yep, yep. Number one on our list, number 5,000 in our hearts. Um, yep. <laughs> so, I, and I know this is apparently a, a very contentious statement uh, on my part, but I found Ready Player One to be one of the most damaging pieces of fiction I have consumed in probably my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um it's just that there's it's got everything that we talked about in the Gatewatch episode that that I dislike the, the the geek boy fantasy thing. It's got the gariest stew of Gary stews. It's got this like really bad relationship, uh, romantic. The, the romance plot is is so bad. And yeah. if you read the book, I know a lot of people are in love with the story. If you actually read the book critically, I think you will find that it is not a good book. And yeah, I and don't they're, know they're... how it's going to go onto the big screen and not be just a tire fire. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really concerned about it. I, I have such an '80s nostalgia love that there was so much about that book that spoke exactly to my childhood that I did love, and I, I disagree with you about the critical reading of the book. Um, but, but especially, you know, the the, the way that romantic storyline gets played out, I am really hoping that Spielberg recognizes that and realizes you can't you shouldn't make a movie with that kind of a storyline in 2018 and changes it but it's definitely something i'm very concerned well, about and, that's, and that's number one on my list and don't get me wrong like the the 80s uh the 80s quote-unquote because there's some stuff referenced from the 70s and the 90s in there as well that was all classic quote-unquote um but uh that scratched an itch for me but it's pandering and i know Sorry. Yeah. Um, second on my list is, is the one, and I'll, I'll just say it briefly because you, you already talked about it. My second concern is what are they going to do with Jessica Jones? Because I do feel like her character stagnated a bit in Defenders. And and, and we, as we've talked about in other parts of the show, they made the alcoholism more uh, a comedy note instead of a serious note. I, I'm excited for her show. I'm concerned about where are they going to develop her. Yeah. Yeah, I have that, that, that very same concern. Uh, I'm optimistic because uh, I, I prefer to be optimistic and then be disappointed. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm right there with you on that. Uh, and then riffing off of that, uh, Infinity War, which you brought up, that's actually one of my concerns for 2018, is that I'm concerned that Infinity War is honestly just going to be a dumb action flick, uh, when so yeah. many of the things that led up to it uh, had some nuance, had some some interesting things to talk about, but it's culminating in there's going to be a lot of characters, a huge cast, and it is uh, predominantly based on a conflict with uh, Thanos acquiring 
the Infinity Gems, uh, socketing them in the Infinity Gauntlet and trying to effectively control the universe. Like, yeah. it's probably going to be an action flick, but maybe there will be cool things to talk about. And it, it, so, so clearly concerns is where we most overlap, because that was also one of my concerns. Uh, and I had a specific one, which is, is the Civil War conflict going to be forgotten? Um, because I think th- we left the movie Civil War with this huge gaping, you know, uh, valley between where, where, where Cap is and where Tony is. And I, I will be so happy if that gets paid off in some way in Civil, in Infinity War, if it becomes, well, we totally disagree, but Thanos is here, so let's forget about our disagreement and fight him. I'm going to be really disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm with you there. Um, the next one on my one, and, and it, it's kind of related to this, and it, it's, it's more of a, an overall trend, but is I, I have been getting concerned, and, and, and the DC movies especially have done this for me, but um, you know, as Hollywood gets more and more into the big-budget, huge, tentpole superhero movies, we're losing out on small-budget, you know, not even indie movies, but just the idea of... of Movies that explore deeper issues and aren't just all about explosions and whiz-bang stuff. Um, and obviously it seems kind of weird for a podcast about superhero movies and praising them to be talking about this. But I, I am a little concerned about what's going to happen to the film industry as we keep going this direction. I, I, in a lot of ways, I think the best superhero media these days is being created on the small screen, on Netflix and stuff like that, where you don't have the big budget. Um, I don't really know where this is going to go, and I, I don't think it's all going to be bad. But it's definitely a concern I have is what is going to happen to the economic future of the industry and are we going to be able to keep seeing the really deep story issues explored or are we going to see more and more of the huge, you know, where all the money is going into the action budget? Right. And I mean, I'm not going to lie, our podcast is clearly sponsored by Netflix for how much we, we <laughs> elevate its its uh, yep. Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff over over the others, um, but actually that segues very nicely into <laughs> into one of my problems or, or concerns. I'm concerned we're going to get more shows like Punisher, and I don't mean that Punisher was bad. I don't mean I'm sitting there saying I dislike Punisher, but there is a revenge fantasy element to Punisher that I very much found a problem, and also yep. a a pandering to different kinds of ideologies that I felt was uh, kind of it felt disingenuous on the writer's part. And therefore I felt like they shouldn't have been doing it. And I I dislike that. I dislike going, well, we know there's an audience for this, so we're going to do it even though we don't agree with it. I I think that's a really good point. And I'm um, reminded of, um, I, 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 there's a commentary track on the, um, the hunger games, um, uh, movie. And, uh, the director said something I thought was really fascinating, which is he said, Look, the whole point of the Hunger Games books is to critique the media, media culture of violence. And they were very concerned that in showing a movie about this, that they would be replicating the same problem because, you know, and his exact words were, if people walk out, if kids walk out of the movie wanting to, to recreate the fight scenes from the Hunger Games movie, then we failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was such an interesting way. And I think in some ways, as much as I love The Punisher... I think the Punisher failed in that same kind of way, and that it was trying to tell a story about just how problematic revenge fantasies are, but in a way that that people who love revenge fantasies still got a lot out of. Um, and I that one we're going to totally dive into, but I think you're right; that's a real good concern. Um, my last concern, and again, this is kind of a broad, the state of the industry thing, but it's the idea of the backlash that we're seeing. Um, we are. 
there is such good things happening in terms of how progressive we are getting with these stories, that we're getting many more stories about women, many more stories about people of color, many more stories about queer characters. But there's a growing backlash, and we saw it with Ghostbusters and just how awful it can be. I, I am concerned about the, the conflicts within fandom and how they're going to play out in the coming year as we get a lot more stories about characters who are not white men. To be, to be clear, you're, when you're saying how awful it can be, you're talking about how awful the backlash is, not how awful Ghostbusters is, right? Oh, no, God. Because otherwise yeah, we're going to have to have like, words. I think, uh... I, I think it's fantastic that we're getting all of this new media that's not just giving us white men anymore. Right. But I think we need to really wrestle with the fact that there's a very toxic part of our fandoms that we haven't figured out how to, to, to stop the damage they can do. Yeah, if we haven't made it clear to our listeners already, both Matthew and Art unabashed progressives. So <laughs> sorry in just advance if that's a just problem a for bit. you. But uh, sorry not. Sorry, I guess. Uh, so, did you have any, I know we want to uh, move quickly. Did you have any more concerns, or is there? Uh, can we move on to the last? Yeah, I, I have two more concerns. Uh, real quick, go let's let's go boom boom on them. So we have the the Ada plotline in Agents of Shield has basically gone the way of the Dodo, um, because we we came into this season as a completely new plot thread, completely new story, and I really I'm concerned we're just not going to revisit it. We're not going to pay any service to it. That they're all like, well, we're done with that we're going away now and doing this other thing or that it's going to turn out that this future is part is is in a large part due to ada and like all of our protagonists will have been proven right in their concerns and oh my god what a pile of trash that will be um <laughs> sorry not totally sorry. with you there what's the last concern last one is and we just talked about this uh but the orville not dealing with the mockling cultural changes and with yafet's uh yeah rape of claire finn it, like, I really am concerned that she, they're not going to touch on it at all, and I will lose a lot of investment in that show if those don't get paid off. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think that's that's been my my biggest concern with the show Orville. Um, I've liked it a lot. That was one of the latter episodes, and the more I thought about it, the more it bothered me. I'm really hoping we we get some payoff there, and if not, I, it may it may really change my ability to, to enjoy that show, let alone keep watching it. Um, so because the other thing that about the, the, the two of us, we, we love to talk, we are both very progressive and we love self-flagellation, 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 self-flagellation. Um, we don't love pronouncing well. things well, but we love self-flagellation. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I can talk about how bad my pronunciation is, but the point is let's dive into what are the five things, um, we missed five things we wish we had talked about more. I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of overlap here. Uh, yep. so, uh, first off. One I'm going to throw out immediately is, uh, because this is on me, uh, caging our commentary about real-life heroes who did something bad. We did yeah. not do a very good job on that, and uh, we got a comment on it that I'm very thankful for, because going back and listening, I completely understood where that person was coming from, and how what I personally said was interpreted that way, and that I, I felt very bad about that. We could have done a much better job of being very clear that we were not saying, hey, if you were somebody who who beat your wife, uh, you you're still going to be a hero and okay in our, our books. Uh, if you did good things, yeah, and, and and clearly what we're saying there is that that was what you said by accident, and what I said a little bit, and we were absolutely not saying meaning to say that because I think that that's that was one where I think we um, were not clear enough that something like like you know uh, domestic violence or anything like that would would you wouldn't be able to still see a person as a hero. Uh, in, in, when something like that happens, um, that's definitely something I think we, we, we uh, definitely could have been clear on. In in general, I think um, a lot of times we're not clear enough with our words, but specifically on that, that issue, I think we both could have been better. Um, one that I think um, 
that I wish we had done is I wish that we had both seen the movie Blade Runner before we had done that. And I, I wish I had seen the movie Blade Runner before we did that podcast on the Robot Overlords. Agree. Because Blade Runner is such a good movie, the new one, and does such interesting things about um, uh, robot, you know, where's the line between human and robot life. Let's make sure we do a podcast about that in 18, because that was definitely one we missed. I agree. Agree. Uh, and that actually leads very nicely into – because uh, same kind of thing. There's, there's a lot to talk about there in the, the excavation of personhood. Um, but uh, that that actually leads very nicely into the next one I have, which is the that episode. I wish we had identified more cases where we were definitely not going to ascribe personhood to an entity uh, that mm. had some of the markers. Like, we didn't do a very good job of defining, like, what we find a line of, okay, this is a person. At this point, this is clearly a person. We never said, okay, here's a here's an example. Um, like, you mentioned a Roomba, right? But it was yeah. like a... <laughs> it was kind of a throwaway joke thing. And it is possible we couldn't actually nail that down, but it would have been interesting to try to be like, yeah. okay, can we find a line where, like, this is not and this is. Yeah, no, I think that would have been helpful because like sometimes you need that in a conversation. Um, another thing that I think we missed and I think is now being fixed is I wish that I'd seen the show Avatar before we we had that podcast about it because <laughs> yeah, oh you my did. god, do I love that show now? We are definitely going to be talking about it more again. Um, I thought in some ways it was good for me to be able to step back and and let you and Paul really run that discussion. But I'm also now, as as I watch the show, there's all these moments where I'm like, oh my god, I could have said this on the podcast. Um, because it's just such a good show. Yeah, a show for children, rife with things to talk about on superhero ethics. Uh, we were right, uh, but uh, so so I'm going to get my self-serving point out of the way now. Uh, one Go of the things it. I missed uh, was not being involved for the first part of the year uh, because I didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that. Well, so so that's my failure in marketing, my failure in developing right. a friendship with you earlier. <laughs> right, right, right. What was what is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Uh, but that's yeah. kind of a throwaway miss because this is a top five list and I was struggling because I've only been involved in the podcast for like six months. That's fair. That's fair. No, and I, and I think you've done a great job of stepping in. And, and on the one hand, I'm glad that you've been able to step in while Paul had to step back. But I'm also really excited for more of, of the three of us talking. Yeah, um, I loved the Avatar episode because it gave me an opportunity yeah. to talk with Paul. That was that was so good. And I'll say that that ties into what's another one of my my top five that I think we missed um, which is I really wish we were doing more to, to generate better audience feedback. Uh, I know uh, our, our listener numbers keep going up, and I, I'm so glad for that. And I've been getting a lot of, like, we'll get comments in different places or an email and things like that. I think we need to do more to encourage discussion about these issues to continue uh, on places like Facebook and Twitter. Um, and it's certainly one of my goals, and it's something I think we've missed, because I think the best thing about a podcast like this is when it engages the audience and we, and we get to have those continuing conversations. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. That I want, I want to be engaged with with the audience as the audience grows, especially, and really understand like what they are interested, what they like, what they dislike, uh, but also like want them to be part of that conversation and maybe get some of them on as guest hosts. Uh, yeah, definitely. you don't have to be an expert on a topic. Goodness knows we're not, and we're <laughs> we sitting here talking not. for hours at a time about these things. So. What's your next one? Uh, so next one, uh, this is again a little bit self-serving, but um, and, and I alluded to it way in the beginning. I would, l I wanted to do an episode on Once Upon a Time, but I couldn't yeah. find a good uh, central theme to focus it on. 
because there's a, there's a lot to talk about actually uh, about the show. Um, but now the show is done and we've started up a completely different plot line and I'm worried I'm like missed the boat, missed the chance of getting in on it right as the last season was concluding. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's one where I watched an episode of the show or to itself and I didn't really get hooked in. But I think the larger questions of fairy tales and fairy tale stories that I know that show explores, especially in you know revisiting it in modern day, just seems so fascinating to me. So I definitely think there's a lot we can talk about there. Um, one other that I have on my list is, and we we talked about it briefly, so I'll just repeat it. Um, I don't think we've talked enough about the problems in fandom. Um, yeah. I think we, we've we've touched on it, but there is. Um, you and I also, we, we, we did an episode on Magic the Gathering, and, and, and we are now becoming very aware of the toxicity in the Magic world, um, but certainly we know about the toxicity in all of these fandoms, um, and I do think it's something I want to make sure we touch on more, and not just, you know, like to say, hey, this is how it's bad, but to really talk about what are the things that we do to that, that may encourage it, and what are the things we can do to combat it. Right, especially uh, what are the things that we can, how can we engage with these people and get them to, to realize the problems without without actually attacking them, right? Because that never gets somebody yep. on your side if you just attack them and demonize them. Uh, great topic for conversation, and one I'm, I yeah, I wish we had done more on that, but we've got time, right? Uh, and this is a good time to start talking about how, how we want to approach that conversation. Uh, last thing on my list is, and I, I posted about this when I shared the episode, but completely missed the boat about talking about the character of Valkyrie in our Thor Ragnarok yep. discussion. And I absolutely should have. That character is, is amazing. A very strong character, a very competent character, one with, with some depth and some backstory, something that we normally would have talked about. And it was after the episode went up, or shortly before we were going to post it, I realized, hey, we didn't talk about her at all. Uh, and I just, that was a huge miss on my part. So, uh, I, I, I guess on our part, but I don't want to speak for you. Um, and, and something that I, I wish we had done, I wish we had talked about her character as well, rather than fanboying off about Thor and Loki and their Sundari relationship. Mm-hmm. No, and I'll, I'll, this is kind of funny. That That's on my list, too. It's actually number two on my list. Mm-hmm. And I've been intentionally skipping it because I knew it was one you it was one you had first told me about and made me realize. Matthew, so it was number two one. on my list, and I was intentionally skipping it because your point segued into mine so nicely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that works, too. But I kept being like, Jacob is going to kill me if I'm the one to mention this because this is totally one he should get credit for. But, yeah, no, that that's so good. We get to close out on one we agree on. Um well, good. This was this was a great way to kind of like look back at the year and to think about what we want to do for the coming year. Um, I want to give you a chance to do any closing thoughts, but I want to mention just two other quick lists that I want to mention um, and, and let you jump into because we don't have to be on exactly five. But the first one I want to say is uh, I want to give you five other content creators I really think you should be paying attention to because I think obviously we're the best. Um, <laughs> but there are a lot of good people doing really good things on some of this stuff that I really want to make sure we highlight. Um, and the first is, um, I, I mentioned her before already, uh, but Becky Allen, um, she was our guest on the, uh, episode about Star Wars and the hero's journey. Um, she had fantastic thoughts about that. I first encountered her at WISCON where she was on a panel. Um, she's just published her second novel, um, in a, a fantasy series that I know is exploring some really great issues. Um, she is someone her, her thoughts definitely check out, um, uh, cause I think they're really good. Um, a second is a podcast called St- uh, Stealing the Remote. Um, it's one I've just gotten uh, connected with recently. 
it, it's a hilarious idea where it is uh, a guy who is a big fan of this kind of superhero and sci-fi and geek stuff um, is watching a lot of them with his mother um, <laughs> and talking about them. And a lot of them, she has no idea the kind of context these are coming from. And it's both a hilariously funny podcast, but it's also just a great way to um, to be reminded of how different these products look to someone who is steeped in this world versus to someone who's outside them and how both can enjoy them. Um, uh, a third that I want to highlight is uh, J.P. Fairfield, who was another one of our guests. She came on to talk about Arrow, um, and she's part of a podcast called Nerdgasm Noir, uh, which is uh, a number of uh, black women talking about these issues, uh, uh, issues in terms of like superhero and, and, and nerdy things. Um, it's a great podcast, a really different perspective than I think a lot of what you hear uh, on, online about these things. Really worth checking out. Um, and the last two, and they're kind of uh, linked in my head because they're, they're, they're very similar, um, the MCU podcast and the DC On Screen podcast. Um, they each focus on uh, either the Marvel world or the DC world, and they both do a great job of going really in-depth into, the, into the, the issues that are raised as well as just talking about like what makes the, the movies great or TV shows great or what doesn't make them great. They're very critical when they need to be. Um, and I get a lot of my ideas, and I, I pretty openly steal from them all the time um, from those two guys, from those two sets of podcasters. Oh, I thought um, you were I'll all have links original. To all of that. No, 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 we're all totally original. Every thought I have is completely original. Um, I'll have links to all five of those in the podcast notes. But uh, Jacob, is there any others you would want to throw onto a list of, of other content um, you want so... people to be checking out? I, I, well, I mean, I kind of do only because I like sharing things that I'm that I'm into. I like sharing podcasts that uh, I personally enjoy, but they don't really have a lot of overlap with this. Uh, is that okay? Or yeah, just throw out one or two. All right, so so I'll throw out um, one that actually does link into something we talked about earlier, but uh, it's called 372 Pages Will Never Get Back," and it is, in my opinion, the one of the <laughs> better dissections of the story Ready Player One. Um, and it is by two Rift Tracks hosts. And it is very funny, and it is very short. It, it's just a read-through of the book, uh, and they talk with each other about different scenes. They have they have some fun stuff that they do alongside, but I think I think it's it's enjoyable. It's worth checking out. It's, it's a short listen, because it's not a continuous podcast. Um, another one that I would... Uh, I guess that's the only one that actually like ties into the show. So there are others that I'm listening to, but they're not particularly relevant right now. There is one that I love uh, that uh-huh. maybe we'll do an episode on called Welcome to Night Vale. Uh, if you are not already familiar with Welcome to Night Vale, it is a uh, played as a radio show in a uh, sort of Cthulian, Eldritchian horror uh, world in the middle of the desert in, in America. And it's, it's half comedy, half horror and half introspection on human existence and human relations. So it's, it's 150% of a show, which is a lot of value. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, that's when I keep, I keep seeing referenced and, and keep wanting to, to check out. Um, and so the last list I'm going to do is, is five. Uh, this is my, my, my Christmas wish list to you guys or my uh, uh, holiday wish list to you all. Um, whatever you all are celebrating, um, five things that I'm going to ask you, our listeners, to do to help to help the podcast. If if you if if you're interested in helping helping us continue to grow and to get this this great discussion out to others, these are five things that if you can do any of them are so appreciated. Um, one is leave us a review on iTunes, um, Stitcher. I think you can also do it, but especially on iTunes. 
the more reviews we get, especially five-star reviews, but any reviews, it, it helps to, to, um, to push us higher up on those searches so that people who are looking for this kind of thing and have no, never heard of us can find us. Um, and also, even if it's a negative review, it lets us know what can we be doing better. Jacob and I are both people who love feedback, who want to grow, who want to get better. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us how we can do better. Um, leave us a review on, on iTunes. Uh, the second is the Facebook and Twitter conversations. We're going to be doing a lot more to try to better encourage those. But if you've listened to the podcast, if you have a thought about it, if you want to agree with us, if you want to tell us how wrong we are, go especially to the Superhero Ethics Facebook page or Twitter account um, and send us a message there. We'd love to have conversations with you. We've, we've had a couple of them actually recently, and, and they've been really fun. Keep those conversations going with us. Um, another thing you can do is share this with friends. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you're big old geeks like us, and you want to be having these conversations with people over beer or over uh, a meal sometime the same way we do. Share them with your friends. Um, you know, we the biggest way this podcast has been spreading is through word of mouth um, and people just forwarding a link to, to someone else and saying, here, check this out. Please keep doing that. Please help keeping uh, keeping us to, to get the word out to others. Uh, and an, another one which I know uh, Jacob submitted was um, to, to keep giving us ideas for, for co- content to cover and questions to explore. We have a ton of things we want to talk about, but I'd love to hear, I know we both would love to hear more from you all. What are the things you want us to cover? What are the topics that you think we're missing that we need to do more on um, and that you would just find an episode on really interesting? Um, and then my last is just keep listening. Um, it's been about a year and a half since I started this project, and I have been, we are finally now on a better um, software to track our downloads, and I have just been so amazed and so touched seeing how high those download download numbers are going and seeing that they are, we have listeners, from what I can tell, um, not just all over the country, but all over the world. Um, so in particular, I want to say hello to our listeners in Pakistan and in Brazil and in Serbia. I have no idea how you found your way here, but I'm so glad you're part of our listener base. Um, and, and to all of you, just keep listening, and, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening, and thank you for being a part of this. Um, so those are my five. Jacob, is there anything else you would have? No, the, the submitting ideas one is, is the one that's, that's crucial for me, because a lot of the things that we've, we've had to talk about uh, have come from one of us. We, we get the spark. We get the inspiration. We're like, oh, okay, we can talk about this, or we saw something recently, and so we can talk about this. But we have gotten a couple where somebody brought something up and they're, they're in our queue and we're like, yeah, that is good. And I like it for, t- I like that so much for, for two reasons. One, it, it helps do some of the work for us. That's obviously exceedingly selfish, but you know, I'll take it. Uh, but the, the second is that it means that we have that, that level of engagement and it gives us some opportunity to maybe invite people on. Uh, and yeah, don't be shy if you think that, uh, so yeah, one thing I would like to add, don't be shy if you think, hey, I've got enough to contribute to this particular conversation. You want to get in touch with Matthew or I and say, hey, I'm interested in talking about this. Would you consider having me be a guest on your show? I'm totally okay with that. The worst thing we're going to say is yeah, we yeah. don't really, we're not going to really fit that in our schedule right now. But honestly, we love having these conversations with people that aren't each other because we can talk to each other all the time. So that's a great way Absolutely. you can join in. Um, absolutely, that that's 100% uh, the case. And I will say that I know um, one of the episodes I'm excited that we will do in the next year um, is one uh, one of our listeners submitted, um, and I forget who, but we have it written down, um, but submitted the idea that we do a podcast on um, sidekicks, on characters like Robin from Batman and Robin, and sort of what are the ethics around them, um, which I've always thought um, 
to, to me, one of the little bit of a black marks on uh, Batman's record is that he takes a 14-year-old boy and throws him out into the middle of danger on a regular basis. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for any of the kind of content you guys can come up with. Um, so once again, um, 2017 has been a fantastic year. Thank you to Paul for all he did. Thank you to all of our guest hosts. Jacob, thank you so much to you for being a part of this. Um, and all of you, our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Um, please keep spreading the word. Keep talking to people. Leave us reviews. Be on the conversations. Most of all, keep listening. Uh, I hope 2017 was as good for you as it could be, and I hope for only good things for all of us in 2018. On behalf of all of us, thank you so much. Have a great day.